Forgive me for talking in the first person. I have the moral authority to negotiate with them. Under my government, they, I took out their number one, their number two, 63 of their commanders. That's why they sat down and struck a peace deal. You were very popular, actually, as defense very, minister, much very. more popular than yes, you are now because, as because, the president. Because making war is much more popular than making peace. Think back to the time where you were living in London, and I understand you were blown to the floor by an IRA bomb. What impact did that have on your approach to this kind of a crisis? Well, I remember that very well. That was in, in Piccadilly. I used to work with the Coffee Federation, uh, and we were walking uh, in Piccadilly, and we passed the In-N-Out Club. And about 30 or 40 seconds later, a bomb that was, uh, I think, in the rubbish exploded. And the, the wave of the bomb sort of hit us. And uh, years later, many, many years later, the IRA negotiated when I saw the picture of the Queen shaking hands with one of the IRA leaders. I said, my God, this is possible. And uh, I must tell you, the IRA process has been an inspiration for me in many aspects. And like the Northern Ireland process and others, you, you set up a secret channel. What year did you start having a, a secret contact in the, in the FARC to start talking? Many years ago. How many, many years many ago? Years ago, about 20 years ago. 20? Yes. Even before you were the defense minister? Yes, very much before. I've had back channels uh, for many years trying to see if the conditions were ripe. And then we started the process. You're very convinced of what you have achieved? Yes. Do you have a plan B if the people of Colombia vote no on October the 2nd? We will go back six years and continue the war with the FARC. That's the plan B. President Juan Manuel Santos speaking to the BBC's chief international correspondent, Lise Doucette. And there is a longer version of that interview online. And we'll be hearing again from Lise in half an hour when she'll be talking about the prospects for peace with the people of Cartagena. Now, men liked him, women liked him. It was as simple as his smile, his charm, the way he walked, or even how he flicked his cigarette ash. Oh, and how he played golf. One of the game's greatest and most influential exponents has died, the American player Arnold Palmer, who is credited with popularising the sport, has died at the age of 87. In a moment, we'll have an appreciation of him from someone who played with him, but let's hear from Arnold Palmer himself first when he received one of America's highest civilian awards, the Congressional Gold Medal in 2012. He said there was something about his sport that reflected American society. I'd like to think and truly believe that golf and golfers promote some sort of human values that symbolize so many Americans. Such characteristics as honesty, hard work, dedication, responsibility, respect for the other guy, playing by the rules kind of something we do in the game of golf. Arnold Palmer, he'd been in hospital in Pittsburgh undergoing tests on his heart. In a career spanning 50 years, he won more than 90 professional titles. The former British professional golfer and commentator Peter Alice played against him many times. We met in the late 1950s. He was a new professional and really hadn't started electrifying the world. He did in the next handful of years. He came over here to Britain and won our Open Championship a couple of times, nearly three in a row, and we hit it off together. I don't know how it was. We played against each other in the Ryder Cup 
on numerous occasions in singles and foursomes and four balls. We were about even, Stephen, I think, um, as far as victories were concerned. If you got today, I mean, if you got into the inner circle, as it were, he was very easy to get on with. He liked to drink and he enjoyed people's company and conversation. It was in the days before everyone had to go to the gymnasium and keep a calorie count and live on grapes and a handful of nuts. He was a very human person and smoked and 20, 30 cigarettes a day and drank whiskey. I mean, and he crashed, bang, walloped his way around the golf because it was a whole new, new thing in the world of golf and he was wonderful. What was it about him? Well, that you think the, electrified people? In the history of, the, of any sport, there's always been somebody who's dazzled. If you go back uh, before Arnold Palmer, there was an American called Walter Hagen, and, and with him there was a, an amateur who won everything called Bobby Jones, and then you had Tiger Woods, and football, you had George Best, and Kevin Peterson at cricket, and... Uh,